0: I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is a choice. And this is the Humble Inquiries series. In this series, Leslie joins me as my co host to humbly inquire into some of the most pressing challenges leaders are facing today. We have curated these challenges from conversations with hundreds of leaders in the past few months. In each episode of Humble Inquiries, me and Leslie are deliberately going to put ourselves in the uncomfortable space of not knowing the answer and humbly inquiring about these challenges with the aim to provoke new thoughts, actions, and practices to help us better serve our coaching clients and also help the leader in you navigate these challenges both at life and at work. Hi, Leslie.
1: Hi, Salman. Great to be with you today.
0: Same here. Great to be on another session for Humble Inquiries.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: Yes. So what are we going to inquire about today?
1: Today, we're going to uh, dive into the topic of mental health and burnout. It's mm. definitely a hot topic right now. So.
0: Yeah, it's a big one and it's very real because I do hear this from a lot of people, not just for themselves, but people tell me about, about their teams and how different people are under a lot of stress and pressure because of everything which is happening around us.
1: Right. Yes. The the uncertainty that is occurring and what you mentioned teams, but individually, collectively, their family, it has many, I I, I would call it tentacles to it of how that shows up uh, for each person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think we can start by just acknowledging that, yes, there is a lot of uncertainty. Like just when we thought that COVID was over. Like the whole world is being hit by by a new wave, and people were starting to come back to work. So, so just acknowledging that there's a lot of newness, there's a lot of things which we'll have to figure out this year, which we have never done before, uh, and that's very real for.
1: And I think even that the length of time that we've been in this space is becoming heavy. It's long and it feels like there's. In a way that there's uncertainty and newness and in another way it feels like there's no difference. Like we've been in this fog for two years. So I, I think that acknowledging that because everybody is experiencing it differently.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think people need a breathing space now after almost two years of like newness and changes. And, and also everybody deals with it differently. There is no one standard of... Uh, dealing with stress, or how people react to change. Everybody is different, every family is different, every society, every group is different. So there is also that something very localized, very personal to this challenge, which we cannot really predict, we cannot really guess what is happening for somebody. And
1: <clears throat> I think even over this time frame, specifically to COVID, people who may have adapted well in the beginning that is now changing for them whether it's based on questions or circumstances or maybe they've had deaths or illness that have impacted them so much so acknowledging that again we're all in a different space and just because we're in this space now doesn't mean we were two years ago and it doesn't mean we will be in the future either so it really is
0: yeah yeah and what makes it, I think, even worse, or what compounds the problem, is we don't talk about all of this stuff, and we are, we are never trained or educated to talk about how to handle grief, how to handle sadness, how to handle frustration, how to handle like like being between a rock and a tough place, how to handle having seeing no way out, just how to acknowledge handle this. This is a very human stuff. This is not alien stuff. This is very human stuff and yet we don't talk about it.
1: Yeah, and and because we don't talk about it, we don't even know how to talk about it and the sensitivity around that creates even more hesitation. So I think uh, that's one of the things with you and I talking about it today. Yes, we're not trained in this area, we don't have any of that, but we feel it's important to bring the conversation into the forefront and and have that discussion and help others to have that conversation as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a very good frame because I think I was reading a book a few weeks ago and one of the questions which the author points out is, what is unsaid here? What wants to be said, but is unsaid? And that question the author pointed out is a pathway to, to create more harmony or to create more well-being because keeping something which you know is there but you don't speak it or the other person doesn't speak it only adds to that hesitation only adds to that like circle of pressure overwhelm pressure overwhelm
1: and if you don't say it how is anything going to change or be different even within yourself if you haven't had that kind of expression of relief. How will it be different? In an hour, and a day, and a week, leaving it unsaid just keeps it in our mind spinning round and round without a way out or a way forward.
0: But there is a way forward, right? I think we started on a very gloomy mood, but there is something with which I want to make, um, share, I think. This is not new as human beings. We have, we are capable of facing difficulties and challenges. If we just go back 100 years, the kind of challenges uh, we have faced as human beings and come out better, better out of those are huge compared to what we face in in our society today, where science has advanced, where we are speaking on two, from two different continents, uh, we know every, almost everything which is happening in the world. The quality of life in the 21st century is drastically different. And what I want to highlight here is that as human beings we are capable of dealing so this is not about capacity i think this is something new maybe in the last few decades but not new for for our race for us as human beings
1: yeah and as you said all this and and the topic and i know no one else can see you but i can see your smiling face and i we were talking about doom and gloom and all of a sudden i got a smile and a little uh laugh happening and i want I realized the power simply of that as well. So like you said, it, it, it's not new here, but in some areas and in some respects for certain individuals, it is, and we need to recognize.
0: Yeah, and I think the same way, I think there is, there is the journey from being stressed and from overwhelmed can be instantaneous, right? You come out of a meeting and then your head is spinning and then you suddenly see your smiling son running towards you and suddenly you are, you are happy and peaceful and blissful. And just to acknowledge that even though we might be in the ruts, it doesn't mean that we need like years or the journey is going to be tough. It takes just that, it takes a moment uh, to shift ourselves to, to bring up a smile on our faces, as you said.
1: Powerful, very powerful. And I think what that led me to was thinking about how this is happening and why. And to build on your example, you come out of a meeting and you're stressed. Maybe it's a Zoom meeting and you're at home and then you click on your phone for a quick break or the TV and you see just more maybe doom and gloom and negativity as opposed to stepping outside and getting a breath of fresh air and re-energizing in a positive way, but that constant barrage—what can be viewed as negativity—is not helping individuals.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we are living in a better world, or, or in a less, in a world of much less crisis than we were 100 years ago. But because of technology, because of the interconnectedness, we are just being bombarded with negative news irrespective of where it happens. Like earlier, something would happen in a different part of the world and I would be like blissfully happy in my own home. And now I have friends who are connected to me on Facebook, on social media. I, I go to Twitter, I watch news, and suddenly even if something does not impact me personally, I get to hear about that I, and and then it does impact me. So the very things which we have made, like human beings have made all of these things, technology and all of that, and we have made this for good, we have made this for our benefit, it is in a way making it worse for us or making it difficult for us. I think it's very important to recognize this.
1: Yeah. And, and I think we all kind of cope or manage through that and with that in different ways. I will often say that I'm going into my bubble uh, and my bubble is my protection for myself, for my mental health and my well-being, And that means I'm shutting off the news and I'm not watching that and not paying attention. It does mean I miss things. It, it means that I'm not aware, but it also means that day to day, I'm able to be in a better place for myself. So I think even that one, I, my husband and I have to talk about that because he's a news person. So he wants that, he wants to know, he wants to be aware. I don't want to spend that energy on that to have that consuming my thoughts. But how do I still find out when something's important that's going to impact me? So it's it's that balance of self-protection and preservation and also still staying in touch in in the ways that we need to be for our jobs, for our lives, for our family.
0: Yeah, I I think what you're highlighting is, uh, and this reminds me of an example of a coaching call which I was having. And my coachee got a phone call during the call, during our, our conversation. And then when he picked it up, I asked, I asked him, why did you pick it up? And he said, because my phone rang. And I asked him again, why did you pick it up? And he told me again, because the phone rang. And then after a few times of doing so, he really got it that, yes, he did that. like He picked up the phone. And I think many times we become slaves to the technology, to, to our devices. And it's very important to distinguish, yes, that we created these tools for our well-being for our benefit and then we have a choice and the same person now doesn't uh, take his phone out when he's playing with his uh, children it's a totally different shift he says that i just leave it at home because otherwise uh, I, I will be distracted i will not be able to uh, do what i am actually wanting to achieve by by going out to play with my son and so on so just all of this technology is not in our control. Like we are in control, the technology is not in control. I think taking back that that power, which we all have, shutting off the news when we don't want to see, turning off notifications and simple stuff like that, I think can really be technology for us rather than against us.
1: Yeah. And the biggest is it, it's what you're choosing as the individual, each of us might may make a different choice and and that's okay.
0: Yeah. And I think this presents a lot of opportunities from the business perspective, as well as the individual perspective, especially for business leaders. This is a chance to do things which have never been done before. And now that people are talking more about mental health, people are talking more, and this is becoming a little bit more mainstream. I think still a long way to go, but it is becoming more mainstream. So, so there's a lot more opportunities uh, to do more in the business scene. Have, have you noticed something already shifting in the, in a different direction?
1: I have noticed shifts. People, the, the one positive is people are talking about mental health, they're talking about how the change and everything that is going on is impacting individuals' mental health and collectively what that is doing in teams, in organizations. So that part I really believe is a positive out of all of this because It's been one benefit of the media is people voice, people with following have said things that make it more acceptable to talk about mental health Mm -hmm. and to bring that into the forefront. And that part of it is so encouraging. The one that comes to mind really quickly is, I know Adam Grant says, if it's okay to call in sick, why is it not okay to call in sick? Mm -hmm. That one had a really lasting impact for me, and the power of his voice saying that and sharing it with others goes a long way to making change.
0: yes, totally. I, th- I think a lot of leaders from both the business world and and also the political space or from academics are setting the right example. And this is a huge opportunity for everybody else to to make it okay to be to be to take days off, to to feel sad and to spend time alone, to to take time to recover. Which is, which is a natural process which which our body needs, I think, sometimes. Just like an injury takes its time to heal, even these events in the external world, which impacts us internally, take takes some time to, to get back to an, a neutral state.
1: And you started with COVID and we thought we were coming out of it, and then it, it was like it jerked yeah. us so far back almost, just based on the speed of how it is... Is spreading now and also that it's different. So that speed and uncertainty, even that earlier in the day you were operating under one assumption, and by the end of the day, something has changed, and you're now expected to react instantaneously to that. And knowing that you, you don't have to. The expectation may be there, just like, why didn't you answer the phone? I need to react because this has changed or this has come out. But still taking the time to think it through and determining what's right for you as an individual now based on the information you that your team your organization so i really i think a key theme is pause taking that moment to pause whatever that may be pause to find out what your emotion or your reaction is pause before you speak pause before you react that is really what is coming up for me as we're talking about this
0: Yes, causing might sound trivial but it's not, it's like taking a deep breath is, is how we live, how we exist and what happens in moments of uh, stress or, or anxiety is that we stop breathing deeply and that that's a very physiological or very like biological phenomenon that if we are not breathing deeply, we are not getting enough oxygen. To our brains to think rationally to be okay and so it apart from everything else which is psychological there is also a very physical and biological element to it that for our body to function as it is supposed to be we have to be breathing deeply we have to be like letting oxygen in and so taking a pause allowing that moment like to really breathe in to fill in our lungs with air is is not trivial it's, it's in, in fact i would call it a very powerful leadership practice and people who can do so they can have very different conversations. They can stay calm. They can just take a deep breath and then shift to directions wherever they want to.
1: It's so much a part of my practice that every time you said take a deep breath, I was taking a deep breath just to see what that did for me and to allow that moment of shift. And it is powerful. But it does take practice to bring back the intentionality of your breath and how that can help you.
0: Yeah, and I think as we were talking earlier about the last few decades, like we have gone through a period of economic prosperity. We have gone through a period of everything getting better that somehow we have lost that ability to be okay with uncertainty. And we are always, we have controlled so much that we always try to be on top of things. So we have we know, we can predict the weather now to the hour. We know what is happening in our human bodies. We can replace organs. Like we can do stuff which would have been called magic or sorcery, just like 50 years ago. So there's a lot of things which we are on top of it. But at the same time, to make it an assumption that I can be on top of everything, can become a very heavy place to operate from. It can almost become self-defeating. And and what the last couple of years have shown that can, everything which we have achieved is wonderful, but yet there is a lot which is outside of our control. So just getting present to that, not trying to control it everything
1: and I think there's a time and a place for that in your business as a leader you may have that that need to go forward and drive and be quick and react but personally you don't have to you have a choice so what that looks like and how for example the leader operating in that state how that impacts everyone else uh, on their team in their organization are they seeing that as an expectation and then making the assessment that they have to be that way too as compared to allowing themselves that pause, that break. I, I think that part can cause conflict without having conversations around that, that just because I operate this way, doesn't I expect you to? Because our bodies are all different. Our, our, we all have that. I look at some people and I'm like, how do how do they keep up that pace? How do they juggle that many different things? And they're thriving and I can see it. But for me, I know I cannot do that. If I try to juggle that many things, I'm going to drop one. And it's probably going to break or crash versus just bouncing back. Knowing yourself, but also knowing how those expectations, just by being who you are and doing that, impact others. Okay? Yeah. That makes sense.
0: It does. It does. And I think it also points me to to curiosity and wonder, I think, as a mood rather than trying to be in control. Because letting go of control is actually not anxiety, it's actually curiosity. That's the way I see it. And uh, simply saying, I don't know what will happen next. is. I think many leaders find it difficult to say this. I don't know because yes. And there is uh, there is structure, there is prediction, all of that is involved in running a business. But at the same time, it's it's not accepting defeat if you say that, okay, there's a lot of uncertainty. I don't know what is going to happen next. I don't know, the, I cannot predict the growth percentage for the next quarter, but this is a range and then we will shift strategy. We'll play within the uncertainty rather than, again, trying to control it. So I don't know, could actually be a very powerful place to. To bring out creativity or to bring out new ideas—that's what I, I feel.
1: Have you had that happen? Where have you seen that and the impact of it when the leader says, "I don't know"?
0: What yeah, I, th- I think that like. the, the immediate impact is for the for their teams, right? It's once the leaders can actually get the courage, uh, because it does require courage to open up, to show your uh, weaknesses, to show your vulnerability. Everybody in the team takes a deep breath. Ah, this person is not faking anymore. And because everybody knows that we are having a tough time, even as leaders. And the only question is, are we showing it or not? And then by not showing it, we, we think that we are being brave, but everybody is already aware of it. People can sense it. And actual courage is actually saying that, yes, I don't know. And that's not a bad thing. Let's figure it out.
1: Yeah. And the power of that level of vulnerability that a leader shows to say, I don't know, and correspondingly the opportunity it creates for everyone else because they said, I don't know, creates the space to help each other automatically with the, I don't know. So I don't know, okay, what do you need? How can we help? How can we brainstorm around this and it makes it easy to provide ideas or solutions or opportunities that might not be right, but the space is there to do that and to have that level of acceptance, freedom.
0: Yes, I, I think exactly the questions which you asked. is it, These questions are very difficult to ask from a place of trying to control or from a place of trying to get over things. But the moment you say, I don't know, like the natural questions will come up. How can I help? What are we not seeing here? What else can we do? So we will start to look into different directions rather than closing down our space from what we already, because unseen challenges often need an unseen solutions. And how do we get to those if we are always like, I know or I am trying to get over things. So that, that's very powerful for me as well.
1: And. Um- I have yet to meet someone who, when they said, three years ago, did you predict that we would be in this state today or that we would be in a pandemic? I have yet to meet anyone that said yes. You know, no one has said they predicted this. So that that alone creates the space and that opportunity to navigate it together. And what you said and captured from what I I said of, of the language of that change of having that languaging and allowing everyone to be a part of that and that level of inclusivity in the conversation.
0: Yeah, and again, maybe once again to break the, the monotony or like the sense of that a lot of change is happening is to just to distinguish between our internal well-being and what is happening on the outside. So while unpredictability and change might be the way things are, it doesn't mean that like we have to be all shaken up. We all have to be suffering and really being challenged. The external does not control the internal in a deterministic way. So we still do have a choice to, to choose how to react to situations and uh, our well-being is not like uh, a function of what is happening outside. I think it's very important to understand that. And then, just like you said earlier, like taking a pause. Nobody can take that away from us. We can always take a pause.
1: Yeah, and our well-being is a fluid state itself. I can be in a positive state of well-being right now and something may happen to shift that. And then I need to go to my networks of support or figure out how to navigate that myself and also what that impact might be to my family, my work, uh, my team anyone else who's relying on me so that I think people sometimes say oh you your well-being you're doing well or you're someone who's depressed or anxious and we get labeled or categorized the individual may have depression or anxiety but that doesn't shape everything that's not who they are they are not a depressed and anxious person they are someone who has depression and anxiety and so being able to see that I think and again not trained in this area but those labels sometimes have a stigma attached to them that cause conflict in this area just even talking about it
0: yeah I I think there is no such thing as a stressful person or as an angry person I think these are um, like states which we can get out of get in and to describe that I think we sometimes create a trap for ourselves. like When we say, I'm not good at this, I can't do this. Yes. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, because now you have given yourself a sentence, like now, yes, I'm not good at this, right? so done. What is the possibility? And also, if I drop anything, it falls to the ground because there's gravity. The ball does not have to make any effort. Similarly, if I just let things, then the neutral state of any human being is well-being, is peace, is neutral. like that's a neutral state. It, it's not uh, like jumping with joy, but it's also not being depressed or sad. The neutral state, like we don't really have to do anything, like find strategies to be, I think if we just let things go, which we are trying to control, that's where we will land automatically. Just if I drop a ball, irrespective of where it is on the planet or if I drop anything, it will, it will land on the planet. That's it, as simple as that.
1: You make it sound so easy. Just let it go. and. It can be in certain moments and in other moments it's not because that whatever just happened is spiraling in our head on repeat and all that. And yep, it's in our head. We can control that too. I know that's one of my things. I said something or I did this and then it it's going over and over. And that is definitely impacting my well being and shaping everything while that's still happening in a very negative light, as opposed to dropping it, as you say. And coming into the next thing that I'm going to do without that kind of cloud or baggage going on. And it, I will say it takes time. You can return to that natural state, but all of those habits and things that we've been conditioned or we've conditioned ourselves to do take time to unravel and to shed and to return to that natural state of well-being. So someone who yeah. has been clouded for so long, it might not be that easy and I want to acknowledge that they they may need more, more time and more support to be able to let it go.
0: Yeah, and thank you for adding that perspective because simple and easy are not the same things. So even if I understand something conceptually, it doesn't mean that it becomes... And also to understand like that the way our our brain works is it tries to control things to make us feel safe. So we we derive our sense of safety from trying to predict or trying to control. And that's why it it takes time to actually let go and then be okay with what remains. So simple, yeah, but not trivial, certainly not easy.
1: Yeah. it goes back to one of our basic needs, like you were saying there, uh, of ensuring our safety and taking care of ourselves. So I think that's a great point with that, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think this is also about what we see in our surroundings, the kind of language we see being used at work. A lot of practices which we are still using from the uh, factory age or from the industrial age, or talking about people as uh, resources, uh, controlling teams, controlling projects you know, like downsizing and we, and we use a lot of war metaphors i'm not sure if you've heard of this but like in the, no. in the tech in the tech space if something goes wrong it's very common to set up a war room where people would just sit until it gets resolved and we, we use a lot of military language like fixing things or opponent we we use the term op- opponent's for our competitors or sometimes even within the company which are which is very friction based language and without being aware it triggers our like the that part of the brain which wants us to be safe and if if we use language like uh, which is normally used in the military or in the war it will automatically trigger that so one way to Create that space, especially from a leadership point of view, is could be to intentionally relook at and the language at the at the specific names of um, and and maybe you can add more to that from an HR perspective.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating. I I hadn't heard about a war room in a long time, and I've definitely never worked somewhere that has that concept or that space. And you mentioned even human resources in that language alone, and. We're utilizing people as resources and often, I'm gonna say often, overlook that they're people and humans and they have feelings and those basic needs that even in an organization we need to be cognizant of. So like that space of walking into a war room, I'm picturing like this buzzing energy that is created in this intensity and my body and my muscles automatically tightened in like fear of what's going to happen because you're going into that room to find a solution and what if you don't have it and what does that that pressure create from that yeah
0: yeah yeah i think I i think this is a huge opportunity for business as a whole and us as a society to shift our policies our processes our rules to say that what what is the kind of environment that we are creating Are we adding to the stress? Are we adding to the pressure or are we making it easier? Yeah, that's where I am.
1: And that opportunity to really take a stand and make that statement, make that policy, make that opportunity there for your people, whether you're the HR person, you're a leader, you're an owner, whatever that may be, there is an opportunity to be there. And I know, Coming from the HR space, often it's it's that approach, it's that presence that allows people to feel comfortable to share, to ask for help or to mm-hmm. sometimes simply to have a conversation to express what's going on because they have no other outlet. It might be they're afraid. It might be that right now they're at home working alone. They don't live with anybody else. and. Their only form of contact is over Zoom meetings and things like that. And how do they reach out to someone to say, I need to have a conversation or I need resources looking for help. To me, it comes back to language and an approach and how that is created as a possibility.
0: Yeah, and I think coming to something very practical, I think be making asking for help and offering help natural is something where leaders and companies can play a huge role. Like in even if people are disconnected, people are sitting at home, like sending a small gift which evokes that emotion, which evokes that togetherness as human beings, not just as their role or what they were hired to do, can bring us all together, can... giving people space to take a leave, right? To take a leave because they are sad, because they're just not in a good mood, offering more employee assistance programs and even things which are unheard of. I think being willing to experiment, being willing to try out new things are some very practical steps.
1: Yeah. And it used to be you would picture that progressive organization that they had the meditation room or they were offering yoga classes. That was, I think, the picture of a place that was supportive of your health and well being. That's what came up. But it doesn't have to be all that complicated. Early in the pandemic, I was working. We had Zoom stretch breaks twice a week. You could pop on or not it's up to you, but it gave that it gave the employees the knowledge to know that the company was supporting that. We there wasn't an expectation to sit at your computer all day to answer every single phone call. There was that opportunity for a break, whether it was at that scheduled time or you made your own. I think is important and. You've mentioned employee assistance program, which I think is critical to have as a resource because it is external and people feel safe. But I've heard in my experience, people don't even know what to do. So one of the things I did as an HR professional was call the employee assistance program myself Hmm. and say, I'm stressed, I need help. And I was able to then walk through that process myself to help me because I did need it, it wasn't an exercise, I needed it. But then I noticed that in the future, anytime someone else I needed to recommend that, I could share, I could tell that story and it automatically made it okay uh, or a little more comfortable for them. And I've had employees say, because you said that, I made that call. I never would have before, but I made that call because I knew what to expect when I did that. I
0: think that's very powerful and what you're highlighting is that every conversation and every action which we take is is an opportunity to practice like these buzzwords. We, we make empathy and we make listening and we make compassion into buzzwords, but it, it's not about having empathy as a value, it's about are you being empathetic now? Are you being empathetic in the next conversation you're going to have to make these buzzwords very practical and very like something which you can apply in this conversation that you're having right now Uh, and I think that's where the the gap closes down like having something as a poster on a wall versus like actually practicing it in a conversation I I think this points me to that even with all this uncertainty our well-being is still not a given it's something which is in our choice there's a lot of things which we can still do And every conversation is basically an opportunity to practice.
1: You're right. And even that piece of language of saying it's an opportunity to practice as opposed to an obligation to say these things for your team or your family or your friends. You're not just asking, how are you out of the standard? How are you? You're asking, how are you doing because you care and want to be able to use that opportunity or create that opportunity for conversation and support uh, of the other individual.
0: Yes, and and to sum it, every cloud has a silver lining. I, th- I think over, over a period of uh, decades or, or even f- like a few years, I think we would be left with practices which has come out of this crisis, which will help our will be over the long term. So this is not just for this moment, the new ways of working which we will discover now is going to help us not just be better human beings, but also build better businesses, build better companies going forward. So I think that's for me like, closes the loop and summarizes everything. Is is there anything else which which you would like to share before we close this conversation?
1: I, I love what you just said that this is the opportunity to create that moving forward. Like that has power in it. Just as we learn and grow all throughout our lives and career, this is another step in the journey, another opportunity to change how we work moving forward, how our world is moving forward. And creating the space to talk about mental health and well-being and allowing that to be accepted is a powerful piece of what each and every one of us bring to every day. and and every conversation and just like this I'm thankful to be able to have this conversation with you so
0: thank you that looks like a wonderful place to end thank you thank you Leslie that's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same I invite you to design a life of joy meaning pride and satisfaction not just for yourself but also for those around you This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear, to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.